This episode is brought to you by freedadcourse.com. You are always one conversation away from changing your life, and the power of hello is something that I subscribe to every single day, and I'm always saying hello to new people everywhere I go. Increasing your opportunity, increasing your connection, and getting access to the solutions to the problems that you are facing, whether you're on active duty or just beginning your veteran transition or even transitioning out for 20 years. On the other side of hello are the solutions that you're looking for. Again, head on over to freedadcourse.com. Get your five-episode audio course to create more connection, create more friendships, and get back to living the life that you're trying to design. Dory 1, this is Fireteam Delta. Dad's coming home. Welcome to the Military Veteran Dad Podcast, where it is our mission to bring every dad home. I am your host, Ben Colloy. I'm a United States Marine veteran, husband, and a father. We will bring authentic conversations to inspire action in your life so we can close the gap between the dad you are today and the dad you want to be tomorrow. This is the Military Veteran Dad Podcast. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to pause for a minute and thank each one of you. Every week, I have the opportunity to bring other military veteran dads with you and connect and share their stories. And every week, you guys show up and continue to listen. And I truly, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate that support. I get messages, I get Facebook shares, and I continue to know that this is the right mission for where we're going to make a difference in the lives of other military veteran dads. To help other military veteran dads find this, if I could ask one favor, it would really appreciate if you could go on iTunes and leave us a review. Those reviews help us get this podcast out to other military veteran dads. And now, on with the show. Today on the show, I have Michael Mapes. He is currently serving active duty in the Air Force. He is married and has four sons, the ages of six, four, two, and a brand new nine-month-old. He has been deployed to Afghanistan and Kuwait. He grew up in Mesa, Arizona. He has a passion for living out his faith and raising his boys to be good men. He has an associate's implied sciences and bachelor in health and wellness, and is currently pursuing a master's in human services counseling. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Thank you. Describe what your family looks like now and any gaps in that intro. Uh, you, you've nailed it pretty much. I got, I got a large family, um, four boys. I like to make the joke. That's why I shaved my head is because I have no hair to pull out because they do drive us up the wall sometimes. But it's, uh, it's a blessing to have, one, generally speaking, children, and, and two, to have all boys. Um, I kind of get to raise, you know, four, four new warriors for uh, – for our country and, 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 you know, four strong men, but. And this way you don't have to show the gray hairs as they get older. Yeah, it's true. It's true. When you hear the words come home, Michael, what do those mean to you? When I hear the words come home, it, I look at it two different ways. One is, is the physical coming home, say from a, a deployment, for example. Um, you know, you're, you're actually coming home. Um, but two coming home also means that it's not just you physically coming home. You're, you know, you're, you're emotionally coming home. You're, you're mentally coming home. Uh, Cause it can be kind of hard to, to make that adjustment sometimes um, going from to use the example again, deployed location to, to back home, which is something, you know, my wife and I were still, still working through cause I have a deployment that was um, still pretty fresh, but coming home just means, you know, you're, 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 you're going to be, you're physically there, but you're also making the effort to be emotionally and, 
mentally involved with, uh, with all members of your family. What do you find the biggest hurdle in that transition for you personally? Uh, personally for me, it was, it was just adjusting back to family life. Um, when I came back from my deployment in Afghanistan, it was just essentially me taking care of me. I mean, I have some of my junior enlisted airmen to take care of and, and uh, look out for, but really, you know, I was, I was responsible for myself. Um, I didn't have the, the worries of, you know, raising my boys and stuff like that. Uh, I still, you know, did what I could while I was down there. Um, but the biggest hurdle was definitely integrating back into, uh, into, into the family life. Cause there was no, there, there was no adjustment period. Really. I came back home with, uh, my youngest son. Now he was two months old at the time. So I had a, a brand new baby boy. And then my three boys were, were all over me. And, um, it didn't like, it didn't get me like freaked out or worked up or anything, but there was no, there was no adjustment. You know, I went from one high ops tempo to a, to a, to another one in a, in a different context though. Is there a part of that that you thought was going to be easy and it ended up being harder or did you kind of go in with the mindset it was going to be hard all around? I, uh, it was the opposite. I thought I could come in and just pick up right where I left off, but, uh, that was not very smart thinking for me. Um, it was definitely harder to transition back in. Yeah. As a, as a, into my role as a husband and a father, um, I thought I could just come back and, and, you know, do my thing. Everything would be just the way it was, but, but you know, it's, I'm, I came back a different person. Um, and I, in, you know, my family, they were, they're different people too. So we all continued to grow while I was gone. Um, so there was def- definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of things to overcome and adjust to. Any advice you want to give out there to other military veteran dads coming home and facing that similar hurdle, or maybe they've been home for a while and they can't figure out how to reintegrate. I would say be patient with yourself, be patient with your, your wife or significant other. Um, definitely be patient with your, with your kids. It could be overwhelming. Not too many times where I felt like I was being overwhelmed. There was a few times when all the you know, kids were working, getting well worked up and, I kind of felt like a large amount of stress building up. So, so I had to step back for, for like five minutes, just you know, go to my room and take a moment to breathe, collect myself and then come back down and, uh, and reassess. But definitely, you know, just, just have patience, um, seek to continue to pour into your children and your wife and, and, and love and serve them. And, and don't let go of that. Um, don't let, uh, don't let any of the negativity from stress or anything like that overcome you. Um, just, be patient with yourself and, and do what you got to do to make those relationships strong again. It's good advice. I believe kids spell a lot of T-I-M-E. What are some simple hacks you use to connect with your kids that don't cost a lot of money, but they have a huge impact on them? The things I think my, my boys love to engage with is uh, just that roughhouse time. You know, me doing some classic WWF moves i say wwf because that's you know i grew up in that attitude area i don't say wwe um you know do like power bombing them on the couch and, and carefully of course you know i'm not trying to hurt my kids but you know a dad you know he should be rough house with his kids my, my boys love it we'll rough house they they love to work out with me um they'll come into the garage and they'll work on my, my agility drill um ladder and and they'll hit the heavy bag and then just run around and um they so just just that, that spending that, that intentional time with them really is, is what, uh, is what they love. Um, whether it's, you know, we're doing some type of physical activity, roughhousing or working out or, or 
doing some type of craft. Um, my boys just, just, they just love when, when daddy's home and then he's there and present with them. And uh, the part about working out in the garage, I can only imagine that for that part, it's just, they like following in their dad's footsteps. They like, yeah, uh, I, I bring them in there because we want to get some of the energy out. It gets them out of mom's hair, but yeah, I, I want them to know the importance of physical activity and staying fit to fight. Even if they don't go into any career, such as the military or law enforcement or anything like that, it's still important to be fit. To, yeah, especially in this day and age that the kids need to have the habit ingrained that health is something that takes daily investments. That's yeah. happen naturally. Yeah. What do you want your kids to remember about you when they're, when they're 30? What do you want them to say to their friends about their dad? Um, you know, I want to tackle this question in, in two different ways. One, I want them to remember the life lessons that I tried to impart on them. Uh, I tried to be much more intentional than what my father was with raising me and my brothers. And I don't find it. I come from a family of four brothers, me and my three brothers. Um, and so now I'm raising four sons of my own. And I don't think it's a coincidence. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of negative cycles in, in the Mapes family's past and stuff that the, the family, a lot of family members keep falling into. Some have found their way out and broken the cycles, but I think this is my opportunity to remake the, a branch on the Mapes family tree. And so I want them to remember, you know, when they're 30 years old and beyond the, the life lessons about, about being a warrior for your community um, or country or and family, um, about being a leader, about being man, and lessons about manhood. You know, I want them to remember that stuff. Uh, and then I also want them, as like speaking about myself uh, specifically, is that hey, dad, he he didn't have it perfect, um, but he he tried his best, and and he loved us with all of his heart, and he uh, he, he tried to give us a, a stronger foundation than what he had grown up with his own dad. Um, so those are the things that I want them to remember, and. Uh, one way that I'm trying to ensure that happens is, and I, you know, I encourage any fathers out there that aren't doing this to do this. And if they are, then, then hell yeah, good on them is uh, I have several different journals that I write in that I want my kids to look, look back on when they're older and I'm older or maybe even dead and gone. And that's why I write it. Cause I'm, I'm active duty military and air force security forces. And so my job doesn't necessarily put us in the front line anymore these days, but we're still, you know, we're still the, the sheepdogs for the air bases. And so we still have that, the possibility of, of dying in some type of confrontation. We had state, stateside fulfilling law enforcement or security roles or, or, you know, combat support overseas. But I have these journals and, you know, one, one's about being a leader, a lot of leadership notes from different sources that I come across, um, being a man. Uh, so one, a whole journal on, on manhood and, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I try to, to make that the foundation of everything that I do. So it's all like biblical manhood, but there's still some, a lot of pragmatic stuff, um, that can be taken away from it. And then, uh, and then, you know, I got my own, my own personal journals too, uh, that they can look back at and just see, you know, my thoughts and, and stuff like that. And then a, a journal about being a warrior for them. So, so I have these resources that one day, you know, they can, they can take a look back and maybe if I have the money, I might get a little extra slick with it and, and, you know, maybe compile it into like one whole book or something for them. Raising four boys, you have the, the big task of making sure they understand the, the importance of how to, 
to treat women in their life as well. Is there anything particular that you do to make sure that they've got those life lessons? Um, I really want them to see the relationship I have with their mom. Um, you know, every marriage has its struggles and my wife and I, we, we really do our best not to get any type of verbal confrontation um, in front of the boys. We don't get into screaming matches or anything like that, but I mean, like I said, marriage just has its stresses. When money's tight, things get stressed. The boys can stress us out. Sometimes we're not on the same page when it comes to, to raising them. But uh, the, the way that I interact with my wife in front of them is, uh, is, is huge. You know, I want them to see like, hey, this is, this is how you, you know, this is how you love a woman. This is how a woman loves her, her husband. And, and then of course, you know, so pretty much what I'm saying is, is living out, you know, that being respectful towards women. Um, and then just as they grow older, when they start to uh, be a little more engaged in that topic, because they're so young right now, it's probably not on their, on their radar, but when they're, when they're in their teens, definitely really start getting intentional and be like, Hey, it's unless, you know, having those quote unquote, birds and the bees type talks, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, having those talks like, Hey, you know, as, uh, as, as, as a man. And, and if you, and, you know, for me, like specifically um, for my family as a man of God, you know, here's how we ought to be interacting with uh, interacting with women. Here's how you treat them. And uh, you know, here's how, here's how you respect them. And so that's stuff I never got from, uh, from my father. And I wasn't, I wasn't a womanizer or anything like that. Um, a couple of my brothers were kind of were, you know, out there always, you know, tr- chasing after women and, and, and trying to get after it that way. But, you know, I, I want my, my sons to live to a, to a higher, uh, a higher, what's the word I'm looking for here? Standard. Standard. There we go. There we go. I agree. And I have two daughters and when I've read, uh, <laughs> about the the responsibility you have to them so much of even just the dad daughter relationship defines the relationship they go out into the world to seek. And the same applies for boys, how you behave, how you treat your wife is a model for what they're going to go out into the world and seek. And not a lot of dads are conscious of that and probably until it's too late and they're probably already dealing with some of the repercussions of it, but it's something that, uh, very thankful and grateful that I've become aware of it at such a young age. My kids oldest is still six that I still have the ability to create an impact there and just make sure that she has a healthy relationship with me because then she'll seek out healthy relationships for herself. Yeah, man. Being intentional is, uh, it's huge. I, I, I tell my, my junior, my younger airmen, the guys that I supervise, um, even now, like I'm supervising NCOs now, um, but you know, still as a leader, I'm, I'm engaging with the younger guys. But the younger guys who just get married or they come in married with kids, I, I tell them, hey, you know, be intentional with your family, with your wife, with your kids. Give them those life lessons when you can. Um, when you're with them, you know, actually be with them. Don't just sit in the same living room watching a movie while you know you're on your phone or you and your wife are on the phone and the kids are just kind of left there, you know, numbly looking at the TV. Like you know, be with them, be intentional, because um, we never know inside or outside the military doesn't matter where you are you never know when when our number is up or when you're going to be taken away either you got deployments coming up or or uh a, you know a tdy for training coming up like I, I got one coming up next month that's a month long and so i'm really trying to be intentional with being with my kids while i'm on leave um you just gotta you get you gotta be intentional man that's huge i think that's probably the hardest part for active duty 
uh, family members because I think initially the culture is that your military service is a worthy sacrifice for your family time. But I've kind of uh, been talking in the podcast a couple times about like thinking of like a credit card that you can borrow from it for so long, but eventually that debt comes back to haunt you either when you get out and you're a stranger in your own family and either you end, your, your life ends in divorce. But it's almost like as you, what you're doing is you're intentionally making those future deposits because you know when you're gone, you're going to start borrowing from that account, but you got to make sure you're in the, in the green well before you make that deployment. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I re-enlisted last year and that's going to put me at the 10 year mark. So half a, half an active duty career down, but I think we've reached the, the point now where just all the, the deployments and the TDYs and everything like that is uh, it's really starting to take a toll. Um, and it's harder on the kids as they get older. So we're actually playing with the idea now of, of, uh, separating from active duty, going guard to reserve and, and uh, getting back to Arizona and actually finally starting to plan some, uh, plan some permanent routes. And I, I like even building this podcast, it was, it's been a hard struggle because my age kids are six, four and two, and this is the years that everybody wants back. And it's always an internal struggle of working on the podcast, interviewing dads like you, and then also being intentional that I've been very conscious never to put the podcast first. And that I'm always um, consciously trying to, to work on it when they're sleeping. Um, because I want to be there and I'm not going to create a podcast about military dads and then be a dad that doesn't know his kids. It's, I don't want, I, I knew from the beginning, I didn't want that oxymoron to come true. Yeah. As a dad, what was your scariest moment? I can only imagine with four boys, you've had some probably just scary ones where they wanted to, they were getting ready to do something like stop. <clears throat> um, well, I've, I've had, I've had scary moments like that. Um, you know, uh, the baby who can crawl and is now going up the stairs and like, where'd the baby go? And all of a sudden you look and he's about to fall down and he takes a tumble down a couple of stairs and you, you move faster than Superman, um, to catch him. But those, I think those aren't the scariest moments. I mean, they're, they're scary, but yeah, some of my scariest moments are, it's, it's going to sound weird and I'll explain is, is when I see myself acting like my dad, um, those are the scary moments for me. Um, I, I love my dad very much. Um, I can't say that enough. He, he, he did the best he could with what he knew and, and, and the cycles that he grew up in, he was still kind of a slave to. So a lot of addiction to alcohol and, uh, and kind of leave, leaving my brothers and, and our mom at home on the wayside to, to go play basketball and go hit up the bar. Um, but he was, he was very harsh with us at times. And, and not very repentant afterwards, you know, not very sorrowful. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes I see, I, when I look at my brothers, I see, you know, my, especially my youngest brother, my dad and them a lot. And I, I you know, I, I just don't want to be like that. I want to be, I want to be something more. I, I believe God has called me to be more. Um, so when I see myself acting like my dad, like if I'm overly harsh with my oldest son, Jackson, for some reason, um, it, it, it scares me because, you know, I, it, it makes me remember that I still have a ways to go as, as a father and as, as a developing, developing myself, um, to becoming a, a better man. Um, and so, so those moments are, are really scary for me, um, because I just, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be like how my dad was. I want to, I want to be much more intentional with the raising of my sons and, and really give them those, those life lessons. And if I am overly harsh, 
with with my son for for whatever reason then i want to do what i saw never happen with my brothers and i and that was to tell my son like hey i'm, I'm sorry but i messed up i was you know i shouldn't have i shouldn't have yelled at you so harshly or whatever the situation may be and, I, and i'm sorry and those are one of the things too i want i want my kids to remember um is that you know dad dad really did love us because even though when he was ticked off to the max degree that he still came back and and was able to be gentle with us um i was i was musing the other day after reading some uh some stuff about the whole you know toxic masculinity and, and all this stuff that is just completely outrageous because um you know, a little side note. I'll, I'll talk, there's no toxic masculinity. You either got real men or, or you got assholes. And, and sorry if this is no cussing podcast, but you know, that, that's kind of broke the it, seal and swore a few times. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of what it comes down to, man. It just, there's no there's toxic masculinity. It's just dudes being dicks or or real men stepping up and uh, and and stopping that. Yep. But um, I love what you yeah, said there because uh, I <clears throat> think. Uh, if you're a veteran suffering with PSD or you're active duty suffering with PSD, I think that you're going to have a lot of internal anger. And then if you do end up taking that out on your kids, there's this internal mechanism I think that kicks in that you're a failure as a father. And I believe the the trick to move past that is to recognize and give yourself grace that you are who you are at the moment you do it, but recognizing and giving yourself forgiveness and then also asking for forgiveness from your kids, they'll, they'll forget so much of whatever happens 10 minutes after it happened. And, but you stepping up and admitting that mistake, I've done it with my daughter multiple times at night. Uh, even my son where I've, I've lost my cool, it's going to happen. We are human beings. There's no perfect dad that hasn't lost their cool on their kids. The trick is how you model coming back from that. Do you model that it's okay to lose your stuff and not come back? Or do you teach them to ask for forgiveness and admit that you were wrong? Because that little dent in their little psychology, I can't even imagine where it's going to go in their life when they learn that you can admit you were wrong and things will be okay. But other than just your relationship with your kids, it's going to have an impact in, in school as they become enter the workforce. Just that ability to not hide whatever they did wrong is going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what you said there about showing yourself some grace is something I learned because when I came back from Afghanistan, I was, I was much more tense, much more easily angered and something I'm still working through. I don't think I'm as quite as bad as it was when I first got back, but my, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, one of my wife's friends said, yeah, he definitely seems much more angry since he's been back. Um, you you got to show yourself some grace. You know, I wanted to go see some counseling services to kind of work through this stuff. My wife and I were we're seeing a marriage counselor to make sure that we're staying strong together and we learn how to be on the same page. But uh, showing yourself some grace is, is a, is a huge thing. And owning your mistake and telling your sons like, Hey, I messed up is, is also huge. Like, like I said, like you just said, I'm sure more than one guy who listened to your podcast probably listened to the, the Jocko podcast. And if so, I mean, when you say extreme ownership, they are, they automatically know it's just like, Oh yeah. Like, you can own your mistakes, but like, okay, you own your mistake. But now how are you going to fix that mistake? Um, yeah. That's something that's something I re- not only require of myself, but yeah, I require, for example, that from, from uh, my troops, 
at uh, at work. It's like, hey, we make, you, everyone's going to make mistakes. And that's that's where your greatest lessons in life learned. You don't learn too much really from when you're when you're successful. It's it's your mistakes that that you learn from, and that that also includes raising kids. And so you got to show yourself grace and just to those fathers out there that are struggling with that type of thing, just don't forget to show your kids that you love them. Um, tell them every night, whatever, you know, if you've read the love language book, whatever their love language is and you figured it out, just, just play, you know, play to that and, and let them know, let your, let your kids and your, your wives know that, that you love them and things might be hard right now, but you're, you're not going to give up on them. You're not going to give up on yourself. I think there's another layer to that uh, that I've just started noticing from my oldest daughter and my son. They're asking more like, do you believe me? Do you believe in me? Like, I remember we were jumping into the pool for the first time and they'd be like, daddy, do you believe in me? And I'm like, yeah, daddy believes in you. Like even just that phrase or even the word phrase of I'm proud of you. I mean, how many men grew up in their life without ever hearing those words from their dad? I'm proud of you. And how many things in your life have you done to try to seek that out? and to seek that love. And I've consciously made the commitment to make sure that that is something that my kids know from the very beginning and I'm proud of them and I believe in whatever they're going to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Those, those words, I'm proud of you. Just, just very short sentence has, has a powerful impact. I don't, I don't think I ever heard those words from my dad as best as I can recall until I joined the military and that's when my, my journey into manhood really, really began is when I started getting that discipline and stuff like that. And then, and then um, coming to faith as a Christian is when I really, really started to get into, into manhood and, and uh, figure out like, okay, how do I need to act and how do my kids need to act? But telling your sons, hey, I'm proud of you is, is huge. And I, I tell that to my, my oldest son uh, as much as I can because I know it's going to start having an impact. My younger sons, they're still kind of toddling around. Mm-hmm. Uh, my four-year-old, my four-year-old's getting to that, that the age now where uh, he's starting to soak a lot of things in on a deeper level. And so the way I'm approaching it is, is, you know, back in the medieval days where, where knights had their pages, um, you know, you, you take this young man and you start grooming him up you start grooming up to be a knight, to be a warrior. And, and that, that includes, not only the discipline fact, but also also the, the reward and the praise. <clears throat> that is that is some good stuff right there. I know we we made a dent in Dad's universe right there. What do you want your family's legacy to be? Are there any words you want people to describe the Mapes legacy after you're gone? Um, you know, for my own, if I'm trying to remake this this Mapes family branch, a stronger one. I want our legacy to be one where we were, you know, we, we were a, a family who, who had honor and integrity, who weren't afraid to be warriors for their country, their community or their families. I just, uh, you know, I just want our legacy to be to be one where people are like, yeah, that hell yeah, like that was a that was a a strong family right there. Um, and, and one of like servant leadership, like they were always willing to serve others, and whatever yeah. calling that was. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You can imagine this next question. You're going to have some good advice. What advice would you give a dad looking to come home to their marriage? 
not necessarily generally from a transition of employment or deployment, but just in general, if they're, if they're struggling in their marriage, what advice would you give? Don't give up. It, it can be really hard. And I've seen it too many times where being, being in the military because security forces has a, a pretty high divorce rate. Um, just because the nature of the job, it's, it's stressful, long hours, shift work, stuff like that. But don't, uh, don't give up. Um, do, do what you got to do to, to save and protect your marriage. Like we, my wife and I, we, we started doing marriage counseling because, because we knew like, Hey, we're starting to see some issues here. So let's, let's, let's nip this in the bud and, and, and start taking care of these, these, these problems before they start you know, growing like weeds and getting out of control and then we won't be able to, to handle it. Uh, it'll, it'll end up, you know, choking out the marriage. So do, do what you got to do, whether, whether it's counseling or, you know, figuring out your wife's love language or, or whatever it is, you just do what you got to do. Um, and don't stop loving your wife. Show them, show them grace, show yourself some grace and, and just just continue because things may seem hard in the moment and the moment might might seem like it's lasting forever but if you keep your nose to the grind you you will get past it you will get past it i like that about marriage counseling i think there's a lot of stigma and dogma connected to that idea but people often forget that it's not like we were born with an innate ability to have a great marriage it's not like just by coming into this world you're automatically get, even just put, going through the marriage ceremony. There's not like some automatic download to your brain that makes you become successful at it. And it takes work. It takes understanding and you won't have all the answers, which is why you want to go to someone that specializes in it. Just like if you go to college, just get to learn something in a specialty. It's the same thing in marriage. You weren't born to automatically be successful in it. And you need to give yourself grace and recognize you won't have all the answers and ask for help. And we, we suck at that as veterans and active duty because you're, to, you're, you're designed to be a hero. You're designed to do it, all, not necessarily do it alone, but do it as a team, but not asking for help is something that really holds back a lot of veterans as a dad, marriage, just in transitioning into civilian life. Um, that's a big one to let go. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta humble yourself. Um, you can't go on thinking like, you know, the honeymoon phase is going to last forever. Marriage is, it's hard work and it only gets harder as the years progress. You start having kids, you know, more than one kid, four boys. Like I can hear in the back right now that my oldest son has apparently gotten in trouble for something. So, you know, he's crying and, and mom sent him to his room and, and, uh, I can imagine four boys, your life is probably a little bit like an Instapot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it could be tough, man. It could be, it could be tough for sure, but you know, I wouldn't trade it at all for the world a lot of a lot of people like some there's some dudes out there that i start with that are just like oh i can't wait to go deploy or go on this this training tdy to get away from everything i'm just like man like i i i deploy and i do my my training um tdy's because you know that's what's required of me and that's what i'm called to do but you know don't think for a second that i enjoy being away from my wife and my children yeah um, it, it always frustrates me when other like other spouses are like, Oh, well he he gets a break, you know, he gets a, a six month break because he's going on deployment. And it's like, oh, I'm pretty sure my deployment to Afghanistan wasn't really a break. I was working, you know, 
essentially every, every day in a, in a high stress environment. Like I did, you know, I'd much rather be home with my sons. Um, yep. But that's another lesson that I would like them to learn is, you know, if you're going to serve a bigger cause, you're going to have to sacrifice more. So that's why when, you know, like I said, when fathers, when you're home, you got to be, you got to be intentional. You got to spend that time, um, you know, putting, putting into that, uh, that family bank account. Yep. And I think just in general, the idea that uh, you can put your marriage on hold is one that will always lead to a failure because it's a guaranteed certainty. Your kids will betray you and leave. And your wife will be there for the rest of your, both of your lives. And if you don't put that her first through everything, even above military service, you're going to get out of the military at 20 years or 10 or whatever, how many years. And you're going to be so far in emotional debt with her marriage that you'll be strangers and it'll just end. And it's not something that you can put on hold. It requires daily consistent action. No matter where you're at in the world, there's ways to get creative and show up in people's lives when you're not even there. All of those things will come back and, either make a successful marriage long-term or it'll be one that you're just waiting for the, the credit card collectors to come and be like, sorry, life's going to over. You're going to have to start again. Yeah, absolutely, man. The, the, the relationship between husband and wife is, is the foundation for the family strength. Uh, I, I agree with that one, 100%. And even with four kids, it can be easy to get lost. And I, I remember when we, kids are younger that uh, it's easier to put you think oh i need to put my kids first and that's what's going to matter it's like no your kids will need you they'll survive they'll despite whatever you don't give them they'll most likely still turn out to be good adults and uh but your wife is the one that's going to be there through it all so that's where our focus always needs to be what is a resource a book a recommend you for other military veteran dads and why uh so one book that i think will really play to uh military dads um it's called raising a modern day knight so so one it has that you know that the the warrior terminology um you know being being a knight you know who doesn't want to dress up in armor and and, and grab their shield and sword and go off to battle i think that's why some of us join the military um but it's all about about raising your boys into men and it's particularly keen on ceremony so so again as us military guys um, from graduating basic training, you know, the graduation ceremonies and promotion ceremonies and ceremonies for ceremonies. Um, everything special is marked by some, some type of ceremony. And so the book plays off that idea for every milestone that your child hits, you, you mark it with ceremony and it, it is coming from the Christian worldview. But even if you're if you're not a Christian or overly religious or a different religion, there's still some really good takeaways that you can get from that book um, regarding raising your boys purpose purposefully, defining what a man is to them, and 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 using the occasion of ceremonies to to mark um, very important life events for them because a lot of kids wander around these days and and they wonder if I'm really a man and if you know if if you take time to show your sons, like he's going off to college, just hold the ceremony. Like, Hey, you're, you know, you're off. You're going to, you are a man. Um, and we're, we're, you know, we're doing this just to show you. And it can be a simple thing as, as a coin, you know, give you, give your kid a coin. I've already got four coins for my boys set aside. And I got a drawer, a drawer full of challenge coins. My kids are always taking and playing with. <laughs> yeah. I keep mine locked up. Uh, but 
as they get older, they're figuring out how to unlock things. Um, but you know, when, when they get older, you know, what I plan on giving them is kind of like this quote unquote survival pack. You know, it's going to, it's going to have their coin in there. It's going to have a little pocket knife, probably like a Gerber. I love Gerber knives. Um, I haven't owned a Gerber knife since the military, but man, they were handy. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to have like a little pocket sized Bible for them, but just, just little things. It's like, you know, they can go out into the world. They got their coin, they got the knife, they got, they got, they got their Bible with them. It's almost um, like permission that you believe in them. <laughs> this is my permission for you to go out there and be you. Yeah. A lot of people spend a lot of time still just wandering around their parents waiting for that permission to le- the go or that word go. And like, I got you, you're going to be successful. And by why they end up 28 in people's basements is because they're still waiting for permission. So I like that idea of Mike marking it with a milestone. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, teach your kids to be assertive too. Like, Oh, Hey, you want to go tackle that goal over there? Oh, absolutely. Go, go get after it. And then let me know how it, how it turns out or like, Hey, I see you're doing it this way, but have you thought about doing it this way? You know, so let it be assertive, but give that, give that guidance. And, and uh, if they're victorious, you know, mark, mark that with some ceremony, you know, give them a, give them a coin, give them, give them something, you know, some type of celebration. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm sure they'll hang on to those long after our, our, uh, we've been lived on this earth. Probably even something they pass on to their kids as well. Because yeah. It comes a new heirloom of the, the Mapes family tree. Yeah. And that would be, uh, that'd be most ideal, man. I'd, I'd love to, to see the, you know, the coins I've got my, my kids, you know, just passed down, you know, my, my sons, give them to their sons, and you know, so on and so forth. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this interview, Michael. It's been really good, and I, I know we impacted some military veteran dads with the conversation we've had. What's a parting piece of advice you want to leave for other dads? Uh, put your nose to the grind. Don't stop loving your children. Don't stop loving your wife. Life is hard, so... So be a man about it. Um, to quote, to quote a little bit of scripture, this is one that is is really foundational for to me. But the Apostle Paul wrote, um, "You know, stand firm in the faith, be strong, act like men. Let all that you be done. Let all that you do be done in love. And uh, even if not, you're even if you're not a person of faith, like you can still stand strong." Because life is going to get hard. It's going to try to knock you around. It's going to try to knock on your ass. And it might be. It might knock you on your ass. But, you know, you treat life like a burpee. It's going to knock you down. Well, your job is to get up uh, as quick as you can. And then it's going to knock you down again. So your job is to get up, do it as quick as you can. So you got to stand firm and, and be a man. Be, be, be strong, assertive, be aggressive when aggression is required. But, but also don't forget to be gentle, especially to your wife and children. Those are uh, wise words and uh, definitely they got me thinking as well, just hearing them there just now. So I know we, they're going to make an impact out there. Well, Michael, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I know we, like I said, I know we made some impact and uh, I really appreciate you sharing your story and being open and vulnerable with us. Hey, I appreciate it, brother, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for your service. Uh, Lord knows that I, I love the Marines you guys, you guys get after it, man. Well, thank you. That's a wrap. And thank you for listening to today's show. And I really hope you enjoyed it. 
the lifeblood of any new podcast are the reviews. If you haven't reviewed the podcast yet in iTunes, I would really appreciate it, and you will help us get the message out to even more military veteran dads. As John Maxwell says, if there is hope in the future, there is power in the present. Dads, it's time to come home.